It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243. Does our nation still value religious liberty? How can we get more people to see this freedom as an asset rather than a threat? Today, I'll be speaking with Kim Colby, the director of Christian Legal Society's Center for Law and Religious Freedom. Kim has represented religious groups in several appellate cases, including two heard by the United States Supreme Court, and also assisted in congressional passage of the Equal Access Act, which protects the right of secondary school students to meet for prayer and Bible study on campus. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Kim, uh, can you give me kind of a, a general overview of religious freedom in the United States today? Certainly. Um, religious freedom in the United States today, it, the image I kind of have of it is like a castle that is uh, relatively strong, but around it are a lot of forces besieging the castle who are trying to uh, take down religious freedom. And so it's, it's a strange time. We have a Supreme Court that is probably, with the addition of Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, probably the best court we've had in, in half a century for religious freedom, if not, if not a century itself. Um, but at the same time, we have a lot of forces that are very disrespectful of religious freedom and actually want to, um, in many ways, get rid of it. And we haven't seen that in this country before that I, that I know of. Well, so I, what you seem to be saying is that our society, our culture as a whole, doesn't still value religious liberty as it has in yes. the past. Is that true? Yes, and that is the big problem. So you can have um, uh, a Supreme Court that's, you know, very willing to uh, protect religious freedom, but the Supreme Court may take two or three cases involving religious freedom in any particular year. It, it only takes 80 cases total. So it's hard to get a religious freedom case up to the Supreme Court and to have it heard. And so if the culture... Um, itself doesn't value religious freedom, then um, it's it's great that we have a Supreme Court that values religious freedom, but we need to rebuild this culture that does value religious freedom. And so some of the uh, main sources of problems for religious freedom right now are the business community. Um, in the last five years, we saw this in Indiana, we've seen it in Georgia, we've seen it at a national level. In the past five years, uh, a lot of leading businesses have opposed legislation that would protect religious freedom or have filed briefs in the courts 
opposing religious freedom. And that's, that's a new development that is very, very threatening to religious freedom. We also have the law schools and the professors in the law schools are very dismissive of uh, religious freedom. And then, of course, we have the media that's never been terribly friendly to religious freedom but has become even more hostile. And then we have the um, groups that are fighting to advance uh, abortion and LGBT rights who all too often see religious freedom as uh, something that's standing in their way and therefore they need to get rid of it. Well, let me. some of these are kind of self-explanatory, but why? What kind of things has the business community done specifically to oppose religious liberty? That one seems to uh, be a question in my mind. Okay, um, so there are two different ways that the business community has been doing this. Um, we in Indiana and in Georgia, uh, there were uh, there was legislation called State Religious Freedom Restoration Acts. And these RIFRAs is the acronym for these uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Acts are extremely important, and I'll explain why that is maybe in a minute. But um, passing these state Religious Freedom Restoration Acts used to be something that happened in liberal states. Uh, it's been something that's been a process for about 25 years now. Um, but increasingly, in the last five years, we suddenly saw opposition in Indiana and Georgia to the passage of a state Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RIFRA, and a lot of that opposition came from businesses in those states that put pressure on the state legislators not to pass uh, RIFRA, and, um, and, you know, these are these are name brands that opposed it uh, in many of the state legislatures. And, you know, conservative legislators are used to, to listening to businesses. So when businesses speak, suddenly you have not just the liberals who have been opposing religious freedom for the past decade or so, but suddenly you have a problem within conservative legislators uh, who are kind of torn between uh, their bases, right? You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MalkBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, we've been talking with Kim Colby, Director of Christian Legal Society's Center for Law and Religious Freedom. And... Kim, I'd like to ask you, tell me what the a RIFRA, a Religious Liberty mm-hmm. Restoration uh, legislation, is, and why would businesses be opposed to it? Right. So what it is is it, it restores um, a test that is very helpful to religious freedom. Back in the 1990s, um, the Supreme Court, and it was a decision by Justice Scalia, so conservatives bear some blame in this, uh, issued a decision that said that the courts would no longer protect religious freedom by requiring the government to show that it had a compelling reason before it could infringe someone's religious freedom. Instead, according to Justice Scalia, if the law that the government was enforcing applied to everybody equally, it could be 
uh, imposed on religious institutions or religious individuals and, and uh, you know, basically penalize them for their religious beliefs. So with that change, at the federal level, a coalition came together and passed the Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RIFRA, that you hear a lot about in the news. That law is actually the most important thing protecting Americans' religious freedom. It's not the First Amendment, unfortunately. It's actually the RIFRA. But the RIFRA at the federal level only applies to the federal government's actions. It doesn't apply to state governments or local governments. And so states need to pass their own RIFRA in order to protect Americans at the state and local level from government overreach. And 21 states have done this. But um, the uh, other 29 states don't have this. And so in the past, like I was saying, in the past five years in Indiana and Georgia, when there were attempts to pass a state RIFRA, the businesses came in and opposed it. And the reason they tend to do it is they're listening to liberal groups, um, often, unfortunately, the LGBT activist groups and the abortion groups who are saying we don't like religious freedom because it restricts our access to abortion or it, they think it's going to somehow hurt them um, in getting uh, laws passed to protect uh, gender identity or sexual orientation. It doesn't. But they, they kind of used it as the target. And businesses aren't very savvy. Um, they're making a really bad, I think, business decision to uh, go after these religious freedom laws, but unfortunately, they, they aren't thinking. They're just uh, doing what they're told, basically. So this really doesn't affect, these RIFR acts don't really affect these businesses, except to no. the extent that these outside pressure groups are putting pressure on these businesses to adopt these progressive uh, viewpoints uh, to avoid boycotts and, and exactly. uh, bad publicity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's actually contrary to the business's best interest because usually businesses try to avoid controversial issues uh, because they want customers from all sectors, right? Uh, they, I've stopped patronizing a couple of big uh, nationwide chains because of their opposition to RIFRA. And, um, you know, usually businesses are trying not to alienate customers, but in this particular area, they seem to think there's no downside. Well, my own impression is that the, the progressive side really sees no bounds, uh, no limits on personalizing uh, anybody who disagrees with them. They, they'll take a person who may have donated $500 to um, uh, a referendum on gay marriage that go that went the wrong way, and uh, they'll drive him out of his employment, or uh, mm -hmm. you know any other thing that would personally hurt someone just because they disagree with you. And I think that's uh, something which is very bad for our democracy. Coming up, we will talk further with Kim Colby, director of Christian Legal Society's Center for Law and Religious Freedom, about what we can do to preserve religious rights. I'm Whit Brisky, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. This is Tom Morrison for Family Pack. 
Family Pack is pleased to announce that its Defender of the Faith Award was presented to the outstanding Christian law firm of Mock and Baker. For over 30 years, Mock and Baker has led the fight in Illinois for a free exercise of religious liberty and protection as guaranteed by the First Amendment. I don't know of anyone who has done more to protect our Christian values for our churches, in our schools, and against government attack and interference than Mock and Baker. Mock and Baker is the law firm which Family Pack uses both in Illinois and federal cases to protect your religious freedom. If you have a legal need or question and would like the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mock and Baker at 312-726-1243 or visit their website at www.mockbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of the show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we've been speaking with Kim Colby, director of Christian Legal Society's Center for Law and Religious Freedom, about how progressive groups sometimes try to intimidate businesses and others simply because they have different opinions or views than these progressive groups. And Kim, can you give uh, maybe some examples or some concerns that you have in this area? Well, yeah, and I wanted to stress the last point that you were making, which is the biggest problem here is that we as individuals and our institutions uh, increasingly seem to think that everyone needs to think alike. And that, of course, isn't the American way, and it's not what the First Amendment's about. Um, the, the First Amendment protects the right to disagree, to disagree with the government and to disagree with each other and, um, and to not be able to impose our values on others or have others impose their values on us. So I think that's sort of the, the biggest problem that we're facing is that every one seems to have lost sight of the fact that disagreement is the American way, and we, we need to protect the right of everyone to disagree with one another. And um, be courteous and, and respectful yes, of the other opinions, too. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and to listen, just to listen, right? right. And in that, in that vein, I just wanted to mention that CLS, um, I've prepared a um, short handout called Equipped to Defend Religious Freedom, and you can find it on the CLS website, christianlegalsociety.org, and then just search Religious Freedom Toolkit. And it just has about 20 articles that I think are especially helpful for thinking about religious freedom, and if you just read one, you will know a lot more than you probably do already. But the point of the article is to help us start talking to our family, to our neighbors, uh, to, you know, schools and, and our community officials in, in, in rational good ways where we have the arguments for religious freedom. So uh, this religious freedom toolkit on the Christian Legal Society website is something uh, we've put together to try to help people because it comes down to each of us individually being an ambassador for religious freedom in our sphere of influence. 
Yeah, and uh, I think that's important. Uh, we're not talking about talking to other people who agree with us, but rather people right. who might not or might have an open mm -hmm. mind. And uh, mm -hmm. it comes particularly well from people who are already our friends or our family rather than, uh, you know, somebody uh, speaking on uh, some talking head on, uh, on the TV. Uh, so right. that's why exactly. it's important to do this. And other than, um, you know, taking a look at this Religious Liberty Toolkit and learning more about it and talking to our friends and family, are there other things that people uh, who care about religious liberty can do to help preserve it? Yes, I think, um, you know, you can read all kinds of articles, be aware of what's happening in the Supreme Court, be aware of what's happening in your state legislature and your state or uh, your local city council, because a lot of what happens there has a huge influence on religious freedom. Um, and then I really think we're at a point where uh, we really need to be praying for God to preserve religious freedom in this country, because if we don't have religious freedom here, uh, there's not a lot of chance that it's going to be preserved in the rest of the world. Europe and Canada really have a very impoverished understanding of religious freedom, and we've seen uh, evangelical Christians in particular suppressed in those countries in the last few years. Um, so if we want to protect religious freedom for people living um, across the world, we need to make sure we protect it here at home. Yeah, and, and the United States has a First Amendment, even if its mm -hmm. interpretation is not always uh, the best, but we, and we have these RIFRA laws, both federal mm -hmm. and in many states, whereas in a lot of, I mean, in many countries, even in England, there's actually still an established church, uh, and religious liberty has, is on a much weaker legal foundation than it is here. So we really need to, to lead the world on this. Mm -hmm. um, right. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky of Malkin Baker, and we're talking to Kim Colby, Director of Christian Legal Society's Center for Religious Freedom, about religious freedom uh, in the United States. And uh, Kim, what kinds of things do you see coming up on uh, in the Supreme Court and other legal uh, cases around the country, which are going to affect um, religious liberty? Uh, the Supreme Court will have an important case called Espinosa versus Montana Revenue Department. And the issue there is whether um, religious students who want to attend religious schools, K-12 through schools, uh, will be treated fairly or whether they'll be discriminated against in a state scholarship program that the state legislature set up. So that's going to be a, a very important case for um, you know, the whole idea of vouchers and, and other ways of, of um, helping students have true school choice. That's the Espinosa case. Is that um, K through 12 schools? Yes, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and it's going to have a, a, a big effect across the country. Um, there's also, um, uh, there are a lot of cases in the lower courts, one's on a petition for cert, of whether uh, Christian or other faith-based adoption agencies uh, can still require that they place only with families that are 
a man and a woman who are married. Um, and the fact is that in all states now, people who are not in a man and a woman marriage, but in a same-sex marriage, have access to adoption and foster care um, services. But we're asking for there to remain a breathing space for um, faith-based organizations that still want to place only with um, uh, traditional families to be able to still participate in the foster care and adoption uh, venue. And of course, this is very important for the children themselves because the faith-based adoption care and foster care agencies are such an important part of the whole um, adoption system. And that's a case, there are several cases in the lower courts and there's one uh, called, I believe it's Futrell versus Philadelphia that the court may decide to take. Um, this goes to the whole issue of whether um, uh, in the uh, discrimination context, whether faith-based uh, organizations are going to be able to remain true to their religious beliefs or whether they'll have to stop serving their communities. Yeah, Peggy Noonan uh, wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal which kind of attracted my attention. And she was saying of the, the progressive groups that now that they have uh, received equal rights for uh, the LBGT groups and so on, uh, that they're now trying to, in a, what she said is, quote unquote, rub their faces, rub, uh, you know, evangelical Christian faces in into it and say, you know, not only do you have to give equal rights, but you can't be true to your own convictions. You can't right. uh, disagree with us. And that's very right. distressing. And I think it can only lead to continuing uh, stress and uh, conflict within the country and not bring us together. Exactly. And the, one of the places that we at CLS see this the most is with student groups on college campuses, where um, at some colleges we have started being told that we can no longer be on campus if we require our leaders to agree with our religious beliefs. In other words, the Christian Legal Society requires its leaders to be Christian, and the, some public university officials are saying that that requirement is discrimination and therefore uh, we can't be on campus if we have that requirement. So that's been a battle that we're fighting that is the same type of issue of people not willing to let faith-based groups live according to their religious beliefs. It, it sort of is absurd when you think about it that uh, the campus would require a Christian group to have non-Christian or potentially non-Christian leaders. It, it, right. it just is like, it would be like saying, okay, the, the young Democrats have to allow Republicans to be their, their leaders. It just doesn't make any sense. And uh, I, I sure hope that the, uh, the court at some point, uh, um, you know, makes that clear. <laughs> we, we pray that it will. <laughs> Kim, thank you for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about the Christian Legal Society and the Center for Law and Religious Freedom? They can go to our website, which is christianlegalsociety.org, christianlegalsociety, all one word, .org. And, like, if they want the Religious Freedom Toolkit, which I really would urge them to take a look at, uh, just type in the search bar, Religious Freedom Toolkit. If you want to know more about the center, there's a, there is a place to click to learn more about the center on the right of the page.
really uh, do hope that a lot of your listeners will take it um, time to look at our website. Thank you, Kim. And by the way, Malkin Baker, all of our attorneys are members of the Christian Legal Society. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website and subscribe to our Religious Liberty Newsletter with, for legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Whit Brisky, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.